Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Kostas Kastanis, Deputy CEO of Upstream, a mobile technology company that provides affordable and secure access to internet services, primarily in emerging markets. Our conversation focuses on Upstream's work in Africa, where its service Zero-D offers free internet access through an ad-supported model. We discuss how Zero-D works for users and providers and other ways to solve the unique challenges to delivering and accessing the internet in Africa. This podcast is sponsored by Adtran. Adtran knows the challenges of managing a robust subscriber network. That's why they built Mosaic One, a single interface to view the network from end to end. Schedule a demo today by visiting adtran.com slash mosaic one. Kostas, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Nicole. It's great to be here with you. So tell me a little bit about Upstream. What is it? How does it work? And where in the world is this service currently active? So uh, Upstream is a, a mobile technology company primarily working in, uh, in emerging uh, markets. Uh, so we have been around for 20 years and the last 15 years we have been working with, uh, uh, with mobile operators. Um, our, our role is to be helping our partners, mobile operators, but other verticals as well, uh, market uh, mobile solutions for their, uh, for their users, for their clients, uh, as well help them with uh, customer acquisition and engagement, always utilizing the mobile device as the connectivity, uh, as a connectivity medium. Uh, one of our offerings uh, is uh, our, our Zero-D uh, service, which uh, effectively, I think we're going to be talking more about it going forward. Effectively, it is uh, an uh, internet for free, so a, an internet service that is provided for free to subscribers of mobile operators. Okay, and what, uh, what markets are you currently active in? Uh, I know we're going to get a bit into into Africa, but I'd love to know where else you're you're active with that service. So uh, we are active in Latin America, with uh, mm-hmm. Brazil being our biggest market, having also footprint in Mexico and Colombia. Uh, we are also active in South uh, Eastern Asia, with countries like Thailand, Malaysia, Indone- Indonesia, uh, Myanmar being our biggest uh, markets. And then we also have a big footprint in Africa, uh, both Northern Africa as well as Sub-Saharan Africa, with our biggest markets being South Africa, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Kenya, DRC, Tunisia, and Egypt. Got it. Okay. So sticking with Africa, let's talk a little bit about um, the digital divide there. Uh, to start with, can you provide any statistics on the digital divide in Africa and what are the main impediments generally to both being able to provide service and for people to be able to access the service that's available? Mm-hmm. So a, a brief intro. So I guess your listeners are uh, already well aware why are we talking about the digital divide and obviously there have been all these researches connecting connectivity with uh, with uh, uh, 
prosperity effectively, mm-hmm. uh, as shown in GDP growth. So all this, for example, a latest uh, exercise from the World Economic Forum says that for its additional 10% of internet penetration can give rise to GDP by 1.2%. So this is why we've been talking about uh, the digital divide. And, you know, I, I can remember the whole digital divide uh, conversation being held for the last 20 years since the onset of the, exactly. uh, the, mo- of the, of the mobile phone. And yeah. I, re- I remember in my early, I, I was at McKinsey at that point, and I remember all the researches and the reports we were, we were putting on that. Still, it was considered some sort of a, of, of a luxury, nice, nice mm-hmm. to have. But by, by right now, it's becoming more of a must-have uh, commodity and it's it's a matter of uh, survival and and prosperity so if we go if we get to to the numbers uh, starting with Africa we need to understand we're talking about uh, you know a territory a geography where things are very different to what we're used to so there's no Wi-Fi uh, connectivity and the de facto connected device is is the mobile device. Typically, with the mobile network operator provide, being the internet service provider. So the only connectivity is through the 3G, 4G networks of, of the operators. Um, so when we're talking about connectivity, we're effectively talking about mobile internet. If in Europe or in the US, that number is at 80 to 90%, this is where mobile internet penetration is. When you are talking about emerging markets, you can find markets in Latin America that are closer to the 50%, like if you look at markets of like Peru or Ecuador. If you go to Africa, the internet penetration in, let's say, the, the big uh, markets like uh, Nigeria or Kenya is around 30%. So we're talking about three out of 10 people having any type of uh, connectivity to to the internet. Like if, if you if you isolate Ni- Nigeria, it means that 130 million Nigerians right now they're offline. Uh, so you know there is a huge huge divide compared to what we're used to in 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 the Western uh, world. Now, when it comes to impediments, the, the framework I'm using and that I have in mind is is threefold. The impediments to connectivity is uh, number one infrastructure. Number two is cost or affordability. And number three is uh, skills or education, internet education. Mm-hmm. Uh, infrastructure, there needs to be connectivity. And since fixed connectivity lags behind, we're talking about uh, mobile networks connectivity, the 3G to 4G to 5G networks that we're talking uh, about. That obviously requires lots of investment. When we're talking about affordability, you know, the, the greatest example one can give is how much time does someone need to work to be able to afford one gig of data? Right. In, in Germany, that's like 20 minutes of work. Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, it's more than a day of work. Horrible. So that tells you a lot why internet is much less affordable in, uh, in Africa. And when we're talking about lack of skills, you know, again... The, there hasn't been a, a digital enough digital literacy programs in these markets so that everybody can connect and know what to expect when they get on the on the internet. 
So this is the, the framework I mostly use around infrastructure, cost, and market education. Okay, got it. Thank you. That was very thorough and, and helpful. So let's talk a bit about the role that Upstream is playing in addressing mm -hmm. that divide in Africa. So what percentage of mobile users in Africa are you working with currently? Okay, so <clears throat> for the Upstream offers a, a variety of services, so mm -hmm. for the digital divide, we will need to uh, to deep dive on to our zero D service. Right. Let me first give an explanation of what zero D is. Um, uh, zero D is a mobile website that the user can access without any charge on their data uh, packets. Mm -hmm. So it is what we call zero rated from the mobile operator. Okay. So the, the way this gets traffic is, is twofold. First of all, it gets traffic with the operator routing their out-of-data traffic onto our website. The other way is, you know, for, yeah, for people that have never accessed the internet before to land onto our website to kind of get educated. So mm -hmm. with respect to the framework I discussed before, it kind of addresses affordability and market education. Uh, within this website, you have what we call internet essential services, so a search engine, a news aggregator, a weather widget, a health now COVID information, and, and, and all of that. Uh, so now going into, so this is, this is the, this, what Zero D is all about. So Overall, Zero D is live with 10 mobile operators in eight countries. And through the operators we're connected with, it, it has an addressable market of uh, 300 million. Okay. If we deep dive into Africa, mm -hmm. we have deployed Zero D in uh, South Africa, in Kenya, in Nigeria, in Ghana, DRC, and Tunisia. The combined reach that this uh, brings us is 115 million subscribers out of a total of around six to 700 million subscribers in, in emerging markets. So we have something okay. like one out of six African people are eligible to use the Zero D service. Gotcha. Now, how? Um, what are the service providers that you work with, and how it does the information about zero D's availability get out to um, mobile users? And mm -hmm. moreover, how do you get to people who aren't already subscribed to service um, with the, the information that they can get it for free? Mm -hmm. So, um, first of all, the, the service is completely for free. There's no subscription, so all you need. Right. To be, you need to be a subscriber of the operator. And then in order to get to know what, uh, what Zero D is, there are two ways effectively. The, the first one is that the operator will automatically redirect you and land you onto our website whenever you run out of data. Mm -hmm. So this, and obviously, for first-time users, there is a very informative landing page letting them know why they're being redirected onto the specific uh, website. 
And on top of that, we are running campaigns along with our mobile operator partners on their social media, on the web, to let people know that uh, the specific service is available for them to use at any time, irrespective of whether they have data or credit or they do not have. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And who are some of the operators that you're working with? So we work with uh, with all the big groups. So we work with the Vodacom, uh, Vodafone Vodacom group. We work with uh, with uh, with MTN group. Uh, so these are our biggest uh, group clients, and through them, we are effectively touching upon lots of their uh, subsidiaries in the various countries. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and if we didn't say this before, how long have you been active in, in Africa? So for the last two years now. The last two years. Okay. With, with a specific service. Upstream has an Africa-specific experience for 12 years now. Okay, gotcha. So for the last two years with this service, and one of those years has been spent in, in the midst of a global pandemic. So um, how has that impacted the uh, the state of the digital divide in Africa and also um, the state of your business and partnerships with service providers? Hmm. So if, 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 um, if something has happened with the whole COVID situation and, and the lockdown, the, the digital divide has become more, more evident. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that it has become wider or it has narrowed. Uh, it depends on a country-per-country country basis. We also need to recognize a lot of the efforts that mobile operators have done during this period to mm-hmm. bring more people offline, doing amazing things. Like there have been cases whereby operators have uh, borrowed spectrum from one another so that to increase their um, uh, the people they can, uh, they can bring on board. And uh, obviously, they have offered lots of uh, free internet to lots of people, either for health-related information or for education-related information. So lots of such initiatives have happened. At the same time, why I'm saying it has become more evident that digital divide is because of the role it plays in our survival and well-being. If I may use the, the... the, the example of uh, uh, education. Mm-hmm. So for us in Greece, I remember when homeschooling started, where online school started, it took the schools around three to four days to a couple of weeks to figure it out. Right. And we're talking about a country where mobile penetra- where overall internet penetration is high enough. Now, imagine a country with no internet penetration that needs to go on a lockdown and needs to go on homeschooling. Yeah. Now, I heard that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it must be Kenya, that where uh, the government announced that the school year is going to be repeated because the amount of time that the people supposedly were schooling from home over the internet effectively did not work because most of the students could not connect. Therefore, mm-hmm. they unfortunately, they need to, to, to repeat the year. And in, in Nigeria, Nigeria has the 
contributes 20% of the total uh, out-of-school population, Nigeria alone. Now, imagine how that becomes even more of a problem when even the people that were going to school, they needed to do that online without the infrastructure and without the connectivity to to do that. So if anything, the pandemic has 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 made the, the divide even even more evident and the need to be solved uh, even more crucial. Upstream, zero D, this is one way of addressing the digital divide in Africa by helping people get online for free. Um, presumably they can do enough um, with the, the services allowed uh, via the free service to be able to do their schoolwork and, and such. Um, but... Uh, mobile is probably not the only technology that is ne- necessary in Africa in order to officially close the digital divide. And we've seen, you know, services like Loon come and go, uh, and, and I guess other efforts with satellites. So I'm just wondering, from your perspective, what mix of technologies is needed to to address this? And um, for taking the Loon example, uh, they Google essentially shut down the service because they couldn't find a viable business model. Do you think that the model that you're using is something that could work with other types of technologies? Or I would just love to hear your thoughts on this mm-hmm. problem in general. Mm-hmm. So uh, to, to clarify on our model, uh, our model is effectively advertising sponsored. Mm-hmm. So the, the, way, the way it works uh, in that free service that we are offering, where it has a search engine and the news and various other uh, basic uh, essential internet uh, services, um, there are advertisers that are sponsoring effectively that free uh, use of, uh, of data Right. Uh, by promoting their services or at that specific uh, instance. Uh, so this is the business model. And if, if you come to think about it, it is a win-win-win situation uh, for all, for, uh, for the users because they have access whereas they wouldn't have otherwise, for mobile operators because they can offer a better uh, user experience to their customers and keep them online even at that time when they cannot afford and for advertisers, it is a typical uh, doing doing well by doing good, uh, whereby they promote their services while at the same time it is also a, a CSR uh, activity. So I am a, I am a true believer in this ad sponsored um, uh, connectivity. You know there mm-hmm. are other models as well that we are also doing. Others are doing. Uh, for example, there is this uh, uh, sponsored ads like uh, watch a video ad and I'll give you 100 megabytes for free. Again, the rationale is, uh, is the same. It works a lot in, in the markets. We are, uh, we are seeing it. And um, effectively, it has, uh, where we have run customer service, it also has great uh, user acceptance. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is our model. So when it comes to, to infrastructure, you can have fixed infrastructure, mobile infrastructure, or then going to, to satellite, to, to balloons, and, and, and all of that. Uh, 
I am a, mostly a proponent of the more traditional ways of, uh, of connectivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe in places like Africa, 5G will reach most of the people much faster than fiber will, uh, will reach them. Uh, so I believe, and, and we, we already see huge investments going, uh, going that way. Um, I don't think the, the, loon, the loon model would ever solve the digital divide problem. It was mostly uh, catering for very smaller, remote uh, areas with, with lack of connectivity. I don't think it was ever meant to solve the, the digital divide problem. Um, I think, as has been the case up to now, it falls, of, it falls on the shoulders of telecommunications providers. To These are the ones who I feel will bear most of the responsibility to be bringing more and more people uh, online. Right. So it seems like the best bet for for Africa's future in terms of closing the digital divide is a greater emphasis and investment in um, expanding next generation mobile technologies and getting as many people connected that way as possible. This is my feeling, yes. Got it. Okay. Um, well, uh, to just round us out, is there anything else you'd like to share about your upcoming work with Zero D in Africa or upstream otherwise mm-hmm. um, in the year ahead? There is uh, there is one point I would like to to mention. It is linked to the digital divide. It it has to do uh, both with market education and and affordability. It has to do with internet security. Mm-hmm. Now, in the specific countries, the phone and when people they buy their first smartphone, typically it is a low end. A smartphone because this is what people can uh, can afford. So it is not unusual for such phones to be pre-installed with uh, with malware, with malicious apps that effectively is the hidden cost to mm-hmm. to their users. Because what these pre-installed apps and malware will be doing to to one's phone is that they will be consuming their data or their credit by running, for example, ads in the background without anyone knowing about it or by subscribing a user to to a service. So these are things that, again, in the US or in Europe, you won't see a lot out of them. And it it has to do with having higher-end phones that are de facto better protected, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the people being more educated around the threats of internet and, and mobile fraud. Because this is not the case in, uh, in Africa and all over the, the emerging world, uh, this is another price that mobile users there have to pay when it comes to their digital uh, uh, divide. So this is something which is very close to our heart as well. And we have uh, have solutions to also cater 
for, for that, again, working with mobile operators and other security providers as well. Got it. Okay. Thank you for, for bringing up that important point. Um, and I just want to thank you for your time today. It's been really great to, to talk with you and learn more about what you do. And um, I hope to get to the chance to talk more about this again in the future. Thanks a lot, Nicole. It was a pleasure uh, sharing my thoughts and experiences with you. And as we discussed in the beginning, uh, more than happy to, uh, to host you in Greece at some point. <laughs> I, I look forward to that, certainly. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you again, Kostas Kastanis, for your time. And thank you to our producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by Adtran. Adtran knows the challenges of managing a robust subscriber network. That's why they built Mosaic One, a single interface to view the network from end to end. Schedule a demo today by visiting adtran.com slash mosaic one.